Welcome to Chaos Divided, your weekly dose of Wholesome Hammer, where we explore the hobby, the game, and the lore of Warhammer 40k. We're your hosts, Nurgle Snurgle and Blushing Noise Marine. This week we're joined by our extra specialist guest, Jarrett, the Blood God himself, and we'll be chatting about the remaining Trader Primarchs, their stories, their lore, and everything else. Now, we've got to get started with a quote, and I think you've got a, a spicy one ready for us, so let's hear it, Blood God. Gods, something you cannot see. The existence of such things is illogical. Perturabo. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you said it. I'm pretty, well, you should definitely said it in, like, a such a tone. It was one of my favorite parts of the book, anyway. I, I always assume say... Perturabo talks like that. I feel like well, even gets like, out of bed and is just like, hello, I require oh, just, a cup does... of recaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a deep, gruff, angry voice all the time. How long do you think it how long do you think it takes for him to make his coffee? Oh, it's instant. And, and many machines. Oh, it, it's free. He's, he's got some kind of weird, crazy machine that he's built in his office where he presses a button and it leads it all the way around the room to bring him one cup of coffee like about this big and goes, delicious. <laughs> do you think he takes his coffee black no I think Perturab would take his cream with coffee <laughs> oh really oh I think so I think so there, there's one, like one, one I can just imagine him having one thing after all the crap he does just in his office like <sighs> pours a cup full of cream and this dainty little servitor comes over and puts like <laughs> three little drops of coffee and he's like ah, too much smash <laughs> and then drinks it anyway uh, you know what i think it's uh, relevant for the time of year is perturabo a pumpkin spice latte enthusiast i think oh no yes. no, no. Oh, i don't i don't know i think mm, so you gotta think, think that, so i think that's more of a fulgrim drink right there i think nah well, okay. <laughs> you know what i agree but I can also see, like, Pertrabo's, like, the, like, hidden, like, shit, like, would have a different cup to put over the other cup so nobody knows he has it. It's the, oh. like, you're so curmudgeonly, you're, like, you would never admit you enjoy the pumpkin spice latte, but it's actually, like, the one thing that brings you joy every fall. Pertrabo's just like, I've been sieging for 17 months. Pumpkin spice <laughs> lattes are the only thing that can bring me warmth. <laughs> <laughs> I always imagined him like in a lineup and everyone's putting like sugar in their coffee and then he comes up, he looks at everyone and grabs the salt and pours it into his coffee with a grin. Perturabo? Yes. Oh, that's sinful. But, see, oh, but then he doesn't like... actually drink that one. That's all for show. That's all part of yeah. the like, you know, when your name literally sounds like you're perturbed all the time, like. Because <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's pissed all the time. That's why that's the, the he's literally the epitome of the, he is the salt king. You know what? We did all the other ones in alphabetical order, but we've definitely uh, gotten into Perturabo first, so we're going to be a little chaotic, and we're going to come back to Mortarian later, I think. Let's oh, talk about yeah. the salt, salt, uh, salt Best for Primark. last, right? <laughs> yes. The king of salt, the king of mechanics, Perturabo. Let's get into it. So where do we begin with Perturabo? His beginnings during the Horus Heresy, all the fun stuff he did when he slammed his brother's face into a table and made fun of him, which is one of my favorite parts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, I mean, one of my like one of my classic favorite moments for Perturabo is during the Angel Exterminatus when he is being taken by Fulgrim to essentially find some kind of secret weapon. And Fulgrim's being Fulgrim, 
as usual, Emperor Krav is getting a little bit irritated with all the stuff he's doing, like laying siege to planets, just creating a mess of the entire situation. So at one point, he's sitting at his table and he has these tiny little Warhammer figures of like Warhound Titans and things. And he's moving them around and building them. And Fulgrim makes a comment. It's like, oh, you enjoying your toys, brother? He's like, hey, Fulgrim, come here, come here for a minute. Just come here for a minute. I'm not interested in your toys. Humor me. Come here for a minute. Sits down, grabs the back of Fulgrim's hair and slams his face into the table, slams it again, smashing the models, comes up, his face is all bloody, slams him into a wall, and then begins to chastise him about how you've caused a mess this entire situation. I am now in charge. You are not in charge. I am now in charge. I'm going to lead us into the maelstrom. I'm going to be calling the orders. Your men will follow my direction. If you don't, I will leave you and all of your fleets here in the middle of space and I will move on without you. Fulgrim says some comment like, oh, so you're going to treat me like a dog? Is that what you're going to do now, brother? No, I don't want a dog. I need an equal. Walden, that makes no sense because I am far above you, brother, brother Perturabo. And he holds his hammer. He goes, then why am I the one holding the hammer? Did Fulgrim have like bits all over his face oh he had piece yeah his like pieces of his teeth were jammed through his lips it was just like it like you know you ever watch supernatural dean after sam just beats the crap out of him with Lucifer? he basically looked like that just <laughs> teeth everywhere black eyes it was it was pretty bad i, I don't think flesh and noise marine can picture that <laughs> oh i can I can. It it was it was glorious. Just the the whole grabbing by the back of his hair. I imagine like wrapping his ponytail around his knuckles and then just slamming <laughs> Perturabo over and have over like again. that baby grip. Like when yeah. a baby grabs your hair, they really grab. Yeah, you got baby grip, you got Perturabo grip but with servos attached to it. Slam. Oh, it was so good. Wait, I mean Fulgrim so then also goes on to uh build his pithy Colosseum to uh put the art iron warriors in their place so there, there's a whole like back and forth back between and forth. those two. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah there's it's a huge back and forth like he perturab was just disgusted with fulgrim throughout the entire like <laughs> whole journey to do this and in the end pretty much gets tricked by fulgrim and has all this energy drained which well, sorry his life force which fulgrim uses to become a demon prince and then that's one of the main reasons why perturab has to become a demon prince himself to save his own life oh yeah just like Angron, how he was like on the brink of death. No, Angron wasn't on the brink of death. Um, Fulgrim, no, not Fulgrim. Sorry, uh, I'm blanking on the name. What is it? Uh, uh, uh. Oh no! What? Oh no! <laughs> Conrad. Uh, uh, Lorgar. Lorgar. Right. <laughs> Lorgar saw a moment of uh, absolute rage from Angron mm. while he was fighting his brother Rubute Gilliman, and he did the prayers and turned him into it. Whereas. Perturabo was tricked. His entire life force was taken away from Fulgrim. And through the rest of the, like, it wasn't the Crusade. Yeah, it was, it was the Crusade to Terra. Throughout the rest of the Crusade to Terra, he just seemed different. Mm -hmm. And some of his soldiers could tell, like, there's something wrong with Perturabo. Things are changing about him. They noticed that some of his armor plates were starting to almost 
grow or flex. Even one of the people on his ship noticed that when he was walking back onto the ship, his armor seemed to move like it was flesh instead of like being metal, mm -hmm. showing that he was starting to go through mutations and accepting chaos because he was starting to die. And eventually he created a trap for his brother to get the gene seed from the Imperial Fists, make it into a sacrifice and- So Dorn. Yeah, Dorn. Yeah. The, uh, it was called the, the Iron Cage because Dorn promised that he would bring Pertrabo back in an iron cage. So Pertrabo was like, all right, challenge accepted. He built a massive fortress, literally in the shape of a chaos star. And while Dorn and his forces were sieging the planet and destroying this entire fortress that he built, what he didn't know was that Pertrabo had built underground tunnels that all oh, of his, of yeah, his <laughs> men were using to get Here's across the, the battlefield. That I totally built for myself and there are no <laughs> hidden passages no traps whatsoever i don't do siege warfare let's do this brother <laughs> next thing you know iron warriors are popping up out of nowhere like literally out of the ground and they get pushed back completely actually rabute had to save uh dorn from that situation and with that he had what he needed to make the offering to the chaos gods and became what we know now is a, well what do we know that he is now is a demon prince of undivided mm. he doesn't worship any one of the gods he's just like i'm right in the middle why is there such a feud between the iron warriors and the imperial fists because deep down perturabo well sorry dorn is getting to do all the things that perturabo believes he should do or wants to do yes wants to do believes he should do I mean, Pertrabo doesn't, doesn't even want to go to war. He wants to build things and be an architect, which is what Dorn is doing. He's the ultimate engineer. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're both very, very similar. Like, they're both identical. And Pertrabo doesn't understand why his father chose Dorn to protect the palace, why his father chose Dorn to build the palace. Like, all these things that were created in beauty on, the, on, the, on Terra... Pertorabo wanted to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Even when he was a young boy on the planet of Ty uh, Olympia? Yeah, Olympia. And he had his father, his adopted father, teaching him. He just His adopted father wanted Pertorabo to go to war. And he's like, I, I don't want to do this. This is I don't want to destroy things. I want to create. Mm -hmm. He even had a small room at the top of the tower where he would draw sketches of all the buildings and things and gazebos and stuff that he wanted to make. And when his dad comes up and says, okay, it's time to go to war. He goes, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I want to make stuff like this and this and this, and just throwing papers around them, showing him pictures of really nice things. He's like, I want to make stuff. I don't want to break things. And then for whatever weird reason, he gets really mad and petulant and goes, fine, I guess I'll just go to war now. And then goes to war and is the absolute best general they've ever had. Which, uh, I know I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but it sounds like most of the Chaos Gods did not, gods, uh, Primarchs, did not want to go to war. Like you've, you've, No, like, they, were, they, they were the ones that, like, definitely questioned the Great Crusade a lot more. Like, yeah. definitely questioned the, like, um, like, necessity of it and, like, mm -hmm. the means of it. And how um, it was being done. Like, that's part, like, Perturabo, like, yeah. gets very disillusioned, because the other thing, like, the Iron Warriors are the ones that get stuck holding the Imperium together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so they, yeah, they're literally holding Nurgle. the bag after everything. Like, they're the ones that man all the defensive structures. They're the ones that get stuck holding all the, like, 
you know, strategic points that are like backwaters of nothing. So All the they shit just in the battles they have to go into, they're the ones that get thrown into it. Like siege warfare. It's one of the worst types of combats and wars you can have, and they're the ones who get stuck into that stuff. So their reward hmm. for going through like these brutal sieges is to then have to build the defenses that will then hold those points against other like enemies of the Imperium. So they like they get it on both ends. Yeah. I think so the tipping point sorry, the uh the tipping point for Perturaba was they were sent to fight an alien race. I don't recall what their name was, but they were able to shift in and out of reality back and forth to the point where if warriors got close to them, this aura of reality around them could actually alter time. Bullets would start to rust, armor would start to break down, uh, Marines who would get into hand-to-hand combat with these things would suddenly just start to age, like go mm. from 10,000 years within a couple seconds. And the war brought them to the brink of destruction. And then these aliens just went, all right, peace, disappeared. So Perturaba was there at the end of the battle, no victory, all of his men pretty much destroyed in a backwater planet that no one cared about. And the, where was the emperor? Where's everybody else? Does he get any glory for this? Does he get any like accolades? Does his men get any accolades? Do they get any kind of like, you know, good job guys. No. And he was just like, I've had enough. I, I've had enough. Well, this and I think was one of the only ones who actually like listened to Perturavo and would like actually like listen to his concerns and that was part of why i think he turned traitor was that mm. horus was like hey you'll finally you will be like my dorn basically like i will yes. treat you as the like you know you'll have my revered respect. legion that you should be and that you've like you know earned already yeah and to a point he was right like Perter if it wasn't for perturab and the iron warriors it, the Horus heresy wouldn't have happened. They literally carried the heresy on their backs with everybody else, with all the stuff they did. They're the one laying siege to the planets. They're the ones who cracked open Terra and got through. It's the, like, he was the one that went out and brought, uh, what was it? Angron back into the fold. Because at one point, the other Chaos Primarchs kind of went off in their own directions. It was like, I'm going to do my own thing. Uh, Lorgar had to psychically and magically possess Fulgrim to get him to come back where Perturaba just basically put the smack down on Angron, and beat the <laughs> crap at him and said, you're coming back with me. <laughs> many, I don't want to. How many to. brothers did he kick there? Oh, he smashed the corn out of a lot of them. I think he's decked Kurs a couple of times. He's destroyed Fulgrim, smashed Angron. I think the only one he hasn't come to blows with was uh, Horus and Lorgar. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely my my cup of tea. For a while there, he wasn't, but no, Iron Warriors are really freaking cool, and especially for Tarabo. You mentioned a couple times about server skulls. So does he have server skulls around him all the time? No, he doesn't have them around oh. him. But like, he might now. Like, uh, oh, he a, he was like a well, demon Primarch full of server skulls just around. Well, cool. I would imagine he would have <laughs> needed the server skulls because his, his armor was so decked out with tech. He was pretty. He do do pretty much anything is there a chaos servo skull equivalent well there's servo skulls they're, they're just like servo skulls will be just serve anything yeah or, like they're they're just yeah. um like in in 40k there's no computers so servo skulls mm -hmm. are like your equivalent to like a laptop mm -hmm. yeah if you do if you're a loyal imperium servant they take your head and they turn it into a servo skull and you basically live that way so 
chaos worshippers. I assume they would just take a slave, imbue it with a demon, and then they have a demonic servo skull following them around. Mm -hmm. What I really think is, I think Perturabo is a giant obliterator. <laughs> I think he's a freaking obliterator. Because near the See, end I, of the Horus Heresy. I don't know if he'd be that firm, like, gone, though, because he also had, like, such a logical mind. I can see him having the abilities of an obliterator, but I don't know, because obliterators are also crazy. Now, that that I agree with. I don't think he's crazy, but I yeah. think he's definitely, like... Built like an obliterator. Well, after he fought Angron and his armor was, like, not ruined, but he'd taken some decent hits from Angron. During the battle, his warriors described Perturabo as having these array of weapons pop out of his back and arms that he did not have before, and is just just giving it to Angron for all he's worth. And as he was coming back onto the ship, they said that they could see his armor almost mending itself. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the flesh metal of obliterators. Mm. And he's one of the reasons why uh, the obliterators were created. If I recall, one of his men got infected with a demonic virus on their ship and that's how the first obliterators were created so oh, okay. it's very possible that Perturabo was one of the first people that was in contact with that virus and because he was a primarch maybe those effects took a little bit longer to take hold just mm -hmm. like yeah. subtle things instead of just the original guy where he just got massive and was able to create guns from out of anywhere Perturabo made a couple extra ones and then his big suit of armor became just part of him healing on its own and when he became a demonic prince they're like let's just supercharge this and now he is a gigantic logical obliterator hmm. i think that'd be freaking cool that'd be terrifying um, can you imagine i know do you think he should be like a large demon primark probably maybe the biggest just like full of well, obliterators are more a, than double yeah. the size of a marine so like mm -hmm. i don't know what he'd be at 20 he'd be a titan basically he'd just yeah be like, yeah he should be he should be massive have a big hammer and give him as many guns as, like, as an imperial knight can carry my god can you imagine the data sheet on that oh my god. <laughs> it's like this weapon bing 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 what i assume 16 one-off armor save. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine what the gun profile You should have like a little Mercari server skull. This one has a two-up vulnerable save. For for ten, for 10th edition, it'll be like this. Just like an obliterator sheet. Only be like, this gun, anti-infantry, anti-swarm, anti-mounted, anti-vehicle, yeah. anti-monster, anti-character, anti-titan, anti-this, anti-that. What's the anti? Two, 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 two. <laughs> And then, like, with death wounds. Like... Yeah, yeah, he just has it. He just the piece of his armor is tattooed. I wound on twos. <laughs> <laughs> with like obliterators as bodyguards. Yes. Oh, that'd be great. It, if if there's any other Primarch I'd like to see turn into a Demon Prince for the game, it would be Perturabo. Do you think have... he'll have wings? No, he wouldn't have wings. He'd be on yeah. foot. Or maybe. Well, they all have wings. You know what? Big jetpack. Oh. Oh no, like uh, Iron Man, like pfft, blasting off with the hands or something. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, but the chaos would be the the chaos -y thing would be to have the the giant like like almost like rockets on your back. Oh, oh my, yeah. yes, he's definitely cool. Rocket Man. Okay, yeah. so he he is he is undivided. Yeah. Um, he's not gonna choose any chaos god. No, he won't choose it. Like he's he's still upset with the fact that he had to do this. So mm -hmm. 
He's not going to really go either way. This was more demonhood for Perturable was more of a necessity than it was a gift. Is there any chaos god that's kind of like eyeing Perturable? Like, oh, that. I bet you Vashtor maybe has some dreams. Oh, that though, that would be a scary combination. Mm. Him and Vashtor knuckle bump for a bit. Holy (laughs) crap. It's like, yo, I hear you like machines. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you like demons. (laughs) Yeah. Because those two would kind of be similar in like concept. And Vashtor wants to be a god. Yeah. Yeah. I, he well that he would be the ultimate one that Pertraba would worship because he's destruction, but he's also creation, which mm. is exactly what Pertraba wanted in the beginning. I want to create. I want to make things. Mm-hmm. I want to make pretty things. Vastor already has like a hammer, like a yeah. sledgehammer. So they both have hammers. They can go ting ting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I would love to see that. I really, I like the Iron Warriors. I actually have a smaller army than myself, and I would love to see Perturabo hit the table at some point. Seeing some of the, like, um, fan art of what they've created for his demon Primarch mm. form is just badass. There's one where he's got a metal plate, he's just this gigantic robot big hammer, and there's guns on his, he's got nipple guns, he's got shoulder guns, he's got neck guns, he's got a freaking tongue gun for all I know. He just has guns all over his freaking body. I would love to see that model on the table. I mean, as far as Chaos Primarchs that are both alive in 40k and, you know, could meaningfully come back, like, I would imagine you'd see Perturabo before Lorgar for sure. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Lorgar would be, like, the last one to come back. Where is Perturabo right now? I actually don't know. I think he's ruling his own little kingdom. Like he's just got his own thing going on. Mm. He hasn't come yeah. into real space in he's the past. He's in Minecraft while. right now, right? Just Probably <laughs> just like on a gigantic forge planet making stuff. Because I don't see him getting involved with anybody's zinch. Because mm-hmm. he already got involved with everybody's zinch during the Horus Heresy and afterwards. So he's like, I'm alive. I'm a demon prince. I'm gonna do my own thing and Slash. the Imperium, Slash. the Chaos Forces. I'm just doing my own thing. It's going to be a heavily censored <laughs> episode. Um, going to be uh, extra vigilant editing this one. I forgot about the censoring. One. It's been a while I forgot about censoring. I'm sorry. I'm um, So uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, Zeus's yeah. and Nurgles and Slaneshes uh, just getting shoved in there. Um, that, that's how much passion we have from Blood God. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I do. I have a lot of passion. This is almost as much passion as Angron God. Like, damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I work in kitchens. It's like it's like second language. I don't. It's just, oh, I'm sorry. There's nothing sorry. wrong with it. Um, a little bit. But yeah, no. The other thing with Perturabo is he is one of the few Primarchs who like actually likes his sons. Mm. Mm. Like he, he actually does. respect and like and like part of his like frustration with the Imperium is what the Emperor has forced like his sons to do. Like. The amount of them that die in the siege warfare and then the amount of them that get left behind and they're just never seen again because there's mm. four of them guarding this planet and seven of them guarding that planet and it know, wasn't his... that way before in the beginning like when he first met his legion he actually um quote he found them wanting and declared decim- decimation on his legion until they could prove themselves just like angron they actually had them like do that over and over and over again until they became these hardened veterans they were just like he was like, ah, there, that's what I want. <laughs> but then after that point, 
He's like then, oh, he loved them. He was still yeah. a tyrant, but he still loved and respected them. Like there was one captain that disagreed with him at the beginning of his book. He backhands the captain, almost kills him. He wakes up in a dreadnought, and Pertrab is like, "Yo, man, I'm sorry I hit you. <laughs> I didn't mean to. How you doing?" I live to serve. Good, good, good. Excellent. So let's, let's, let's work past this. Thanks. So you're a dreadnought now. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a dreadnought now. Sorry I got a little upset there and back in. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Talking about differences between the loyalists and the uh, the, the the traitor primarchs, the, I think that the traitor primarchs in general liked their legions more mm. than the loyalists did. But also the situations they were generally in, like the Emperor's children were almost decimated. Um, the Iron Warriors were almost decimated. Uh, the Literally the Emperor like orders Magnus's like murder and the destruction of his legion. So like you've got a lot of like um, of the Chaos Legions like they're just regular soldiers get like really mistreated. Like, both before mm. their founding and then after. Um, which I think is a bit of a, an interesting thing you don't necessarily hear a lot about. Is that, like, they also watch, like, their, you know, supposed sons. These things, like, the Primarchs also have a, a, some connection to their legions. Like, that's also kind of baked in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then they just see them just being caught, like, uh, and when we get into Mortarian, like, the Death Guard also get mistreated a lot. Yeah. So... Like, there's a lot, like, really, other than the, um, like, the Sons of Horus, and that's really just because Horus was so uh, revered, they're probably the only ones that don't have, like, a tragic beginning or a tragic, like, story early on in their founding. Yeah, and I, I believe it's majorly because a lot of them were just trying to live up to what their fathers were. The only ones I don't agree with that would be the Night Lords, because... Curse yeah, no, Curse didn't like them. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, he hated them and they hated him. It was a it was a hate hate relationship. But all the the other four legions, yes, they they did so much to try and live up to their father's expectations that they almost destroyed themselves to do so. And then when they finally did live up their expectations, it it almost seemed like it still wasn't enough for some of them. Like for Fulgrim, it wasn't enough. He needed them to go to further and further heights. Mm. Pertorabo may have been the only one who afterwards really did respect his men and treated them with courtesy, respect, honor. Like, Angron only did when they got the butcher's nails. Fulgrim only did when they got, like, really deep into debauchery or they started to mm. work on their own perfections, no matter how weird they were. Mortarians, guys, they had to prove themselves time and time and time again in really grueling battles to their father to show that we are tough because we're from barbarous magnus's uh Ma magnus no magnus legitimately liked his yeah yeah they he were like, like yeah well they were all scholars and they were there they were different like they were kind of forced into that whole thing that happened but don't they turn into dust that well, was that, 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 that. yeah that was aram that did that that was his fault <laughs> that was that little, little um joke. And yeah, they also have this weird kind of thing where they're trying to like constantly prove themselves to Magnus. But Magnus does at least like genuinely somewhat care about them up oh, yeah. until Russ like breaking his back and then he kind of forgets and doesn't care anymore. But yeah. um, And then later comes back and be like, my sons, we are all back together here in this one place. Let's rejoin as a legion and bring our might and crush the wolves. 
So, but yeah, if you contrast that with like Gollum and Dorn, uh, the lion, they even uh, like Korax, um, they kind of have this like very ambivalent relationship with their like legions. Mm. Like they're almost just like constantly disapproving fathers. Yes. Is really how most of them behave. Uh, Gollum and Dorn, especially the lion, like doesn't really like his legion because he just wants to be left alone to do his own thing. He almost finds it like annoying half the time that he has it. Um, well, yeah, because they have that. There's that uh, that fracture between the Calibanites and the Terrans, and he's just like, why can't they all just stop and get along? Why? But I can never tell them why they need to get along because secrets. Secrets. Yeah. Um, secrets. Like of the loyalists, like um, Jagatai Khan and Vulcan, I think are the only two who actually, and Rust to some extent also likes, mm. like actually likes their legion. Rust loves his legion. <laughs> He loves his he drink with his Oh legion. yeah, he's throwing <laughs> a meat all just cracking off drinks and enjoying themselves. But yeah, the rest of them, they just have this, like you're right, this disapproving father look like Dorn. Dad, look what I did. Do it better. Yeah, like like even Fulgrim, like, you know, talking about Fulgrim expecting more, but he still talked to them and like engaged with them and also gave them a lot of freedom. Like mm. there was more of a like, trust there still it was like you know what i want you to be better but i'm gonna let you be better whereas like you know mm. even in the novels any of the novels that have like dorn in it dorn just will show up and just be like wrong 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 yeah. or, or, or it'll be yes. like you know you know 90 pages later dorn will just be like have you figured out why that was wrong yet and like that's all he's there to say and then just like disappears uh, again to be like yeah. <laughs> Dorn is the most insufferable Primarch out of all of them. Like I, no wonder like he him. looks the oldest. <laughs> like in the there, beginning he... of the attacks on a tear, uh, like on the Soul System, like when the Alpha Legion shows up, Dorn figures it out, but doesn't tell any of his captains what's going on because he wants them all to figure out. And then like half of them die to Alpha Legion like operatives, and then he's just like, "Well, I knew what was happening the whole time." <laughs> and they're just like, "What?" Or if we go Loyalist Primark Edition, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> hey, here, here, here. Can we hot, just go hot take, Dorn hot take. sucks. Gilliman, eh. Like, because on the take. other side of Dorn it, is... like, the Alpha Legion, like, Alpharius and Omegon have, like, told, like, they have their whole thing down to a T. They all know what's going to happen. They know what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Imperial Fists are, like, five steps behind, but Dorn isn't and just, like, wants to let it happen to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I have faith in them they'll figure it out yeah they're not figuring it out well I'm sure they're going to figure it out have you figured it out yet because I know what the answer is no no I'm going to let you figure it out oh I oh. <laughs> hey, look there, hot take there's <laughs> I like to say this Dorn's hair is grey it only turned grey after he got his legion <laughs> right <laughs> he I, used to have a beautiful black mane of hair that just <laughs> while we're still like on this huge tangent I just wanted to ask a quick question um, were these Primarchs given a legion or were they so okay so they weren't there watching it being produced like they were just no. they were brought into uh, Emperor... Imperium and they're like here's your sons pretty much yeah like Emperor huh. would find them he introduce them to the Imperium and then introduce them to his legion and go, these are your sons, this is your legion. And a lot of times... But they, they would mean, all be Terran. So, the, like, the initial yes. legions were all Terran. 
Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of playing. like, yeah. And then they would typically start like recruiting from within. Because the other thing is like having the Primark also allows them like to harvest more gene seed, so mm-hmm. they can rapidly like, like if um like finding Fulgrim is what saved the Emperor's children because they I think there was under fifty of them or a hundred left by the time yeah, they found yeah. Fulgrim. About a hundred. Like they they've been like destroyed by the emperor because the emperor was like oh wow these are they're like my most successful legion i will just use them until they're dead (laughs) and they also and they also had that weird um like every legion had their affliction and i can't remember the name of their affliction it was like some kind of flesh rot or something that well they're yeah their gene seed actually rotted that's it. Yes, the gene seed yeah. rot. So they, oh, yeah. So they couldn't. So when they died, they could not take that gene seed out and implant it in other marines. So when they died, it was gone forever. Not until they yeah. found Fulgrim, and hmm. they were able to correct it, yeah, um, stabilize it. So yeah. Why these? The... Why these days? I want to make a list of who is the favorites of the the emperor, like of the Primarchs. Who would he put them in order? Oh, Sanguinius and. Uh, Sanguinius and Horus were at the top at one point. <laughs> I feel like a tiered list. <laughs> I think like Sanguinius was definitely top. Horus was like Horus was probably the most respected. Mm. Um, and then like Gulliman was the only one he let do whatever he wanted. And then Dorm well, Gil- was the only one he actually trusted to protect him. Yeah. Well, Dor- he let. Well, of course, like Gilliman was the only one who, when he found him, he'd already built a massive empire on his own. Like, the 500 worlds of Ultramar were already the 500 worlds of Ultramar before the Emperor actually showed up. Mm, because of Dorne. No, no, that was... Oh, sorry, because, yeah, sorry Gilliman. So, but Rabut was just like, Mike, drop. This is my this is my whole <laughs> Empire, Dad. You like it? It's all yours. Cool. Mm, yeah. This is why I'm the favorite. I'm independent. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm going to be your poster boy now, Dad. <sighs> you cool with that? Yeah. A little blue on everything? Yeah. <laughs> Smurf town. Let's rock. <laughs> You see my, my symbol? It's a toilet seat. Yeah. Like this, Dad? People are going to love it. Don't, I know it looks like a toilet seat, but they're going to love it anyway. It's ultra. <laughs> Smurf Town population, 500 worlds. Yep. Um, all right. Is there anything else we want? So this was a whole tangent about uh, Perturabo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Start, start off Perturabo and go do a tangent about all the other primaries. Uh, but you know what, though? I think it does set the stage for, like, like why Perturabo... Um, Perturabo doesn't go to chaos necessarily. Perturabo rebels, which is also very similar to like Kurs and Angron and even Fulgrim to some extent. Like they don't like Lorca is really the only one who like directly falls to chaos and like intentionally the rest of them just are like done with the Imperium, done with the Emperor. And then like Mortarian, they all kind of are like, wow, this is really messed up. And then like, are like, wait, there's these like allies that want to help us with this. Exactly. They all had a reason to turn away from the Emperor for some for some reason each one of them did not like the Crusade for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Angron didn't like it because he saw his dad as the exact same monsters that were on New Syria. Fulgrim didn't understand, like, why can't we just talk to people and be diplomatic and find peace? Perturab was like, You chose Dorn over me. Corn. You sorry, <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Uh Kurz just Kurz was psychotic and was resigned to his own fate. So no matter what the emperor said, was like, "No, Dad, this is how it's going to be. This, I'm going to be evil. You guys are going to be good. You're going to be on a dead throne, and that's how what's going to happen." 
And then Mortarion was just bitter towards his father because he took the one thing that he wanted to, which was kill his own dad. And that's probably a perfect time for us to lead into Mortarion. Yes. Yes. Uh, I did want to say, you know, if uh, you are enjoying this discussion and you want to uh, follow along, uh, you can subscribe to Chaos Divided and we would love it if you could. But yes, let's get into uh, the son of Barbarus himself, Mortarion. So we're going back to Papa on... Nurgle Town. Yeah, so back on to that reason. He was mad at his dad because his dad killed his stepdad and he really wanted to kill his stepdad. And that's why Mortarion was so upset with the Emperor and the Imperium for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the Death Guard also get like kind of abused and are also sent to like the worst battlegrounds with like, like it's like, hey, this planet's irradiated, send the Death Guard. Mm-hmm. Hey, this planet is like recently undergone like chemical uh, bombardment. Better send the Death Guard. <laughs> like, yep. Oh, this planet looks like there's some kind of weird demonic creatures down there. Send the Death Guard. Yeah. Like, Actually, he, Mortarian was one of the ones that like was so against the Psykers because of those actual incursions he had had with those creatures and said during the Council of Nikea, we need to stop this. I have fought these things. You have put me in these situations. They're monstrosities. We have to just ixnay all psychic powers entirely. And then How was Mortarian with his legion? Uh, off and on. He wasn't afraid he, to backhand somebody. Yeah, he had a few like captains that he liked. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, like, like a rank-and-file, like, go hang out with the troops kind of guy, but he had a few, um, like, captains that he would confide in, and they actually, mm-hmm. like, interacted and got along. There was his one group, his his own personal bodyguard, that he were probably the only ones he was, like, really, really close with, the Death Shroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are so cool. I mean, you got, like, a bunch of guys with giant scythes just just i love that i'm all about that that is so freaking cool the aesthetic of that is just amazing i think death guard have one of the most in both like the heresy times and also 40k one of the most unique and interesting perspective like um aesthetics yeah well it's like they it was a planet of farmers and they took the tools of their trade and just mm-hmm. turned them into their own types of weapons I think the first thing he picked up was a giant rebar with a scythe in it, and that's what he went to town on the uh, mutants on his home planet the first time he got into a battle with them. Well, even just, like, kind of being, like, an outsider to Warhammer, uh, even getting into it, it seemed like it didn't matter where you were in, in Warhammer, you appreciated Death Guard, or you had a Death Guard model, or a lot of people really just love Death Guard. Or just Marvel in general. I mean, even if you look at um, like the Dawn of War games, Plague mm-hmm. Marines were some of the like coolest units in the game. Yep. Like Plague Marines in general, I think are one of the best understood of the like slaves to darkness. Um, like this, you know, unkillable, unrelenting, unstoppable Force. goo armor set thing. Pentacle. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's this, like, there's an inevitability to the Death Guard mm-hmm. that I think people can, like, appreciate it. They just, like, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all kind of secretly like a zombie. Like, we love yeah. a zombie. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically what they are, is, a, is an army of giant super armor killer zombies mm-hmm. with a bunch of little zombies around them. With a gigantic flying 
uh, moth zombie on their side. Because <laughs> yeah. those are moth wings. <laughs> you can't say those are not moth wings. Have you ever... Uh, this is an old video now, but there's a video it was um, that I'll put out about Team Fortress 2, and it was um, for the pyro. And it, like, showed the pyro's perspective, and it's like, like they have a giant oh, flamethrower, and they're going around burning everything, and then, like, from their perspective, they're, like, shooting rainbows at unicorns, and, like, oh, having yes. this, like, yes. wonderful, and I kind of feel like that's what plague greens are, where they're just, like, that's they're exactly so hopped up on, are. like, Nurgle's blessing that they're just, like, oh, we're having a great time, they're just, like, oh, ho, 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 well, let yeah, me give like, you a present, and they're swinging their scythe to, like, give, you know, gifts. Yeah. And they even say in the lore, like, when the plague marines and Mortarian hears the screams, sees the plagues, sees people melting, just every disease racking their body he's like oh i'm so happy you love those gifts like look <laughs> your skin is boiling off that oh my goodness it's amazing you i'm so glad you love these diseases that we've given you oh thank you so much i'm glad you like like i'm so glad you like that the fact that it made it puke just warms my soul and i think that's what makes them somewhat endearing is that like they're having a good time yeah like, um, like a lot of chaos is angry. Yes. The Death Guard aren't angry. No. Mortarian's angry, but the Death Guard aren't angry. Yeah. There's a book, um, The Lords of Silence, and there's one guy in there named Arkrak, and he's in the middle of a battle on the ship, and he's fighting space marines. And in his own mind, he's monologuing that I I don't want to fight you. I just want to hug you and embrace <laughs> you and tell you everything is going to be okay. You don't have to fight. We can talk. We can get along. We can understand each other. If only you would listen and then drives his knife into his brother. I think there's even one part where he's like cradling the Marine as he goes down and feeling terrible that you just could not see Nurgle's truth because when it comes to Nurgle and the Death Guard, like, they just see happiness. There is no sadness. There is no regret. There's no pain. There's no fear. There's just the inevitability of death and rebirth. And with that comfort, all of his followers have this maddening happiness and peace about them, which is why the Poxbringers, sorry, the Poxwalkers, they're always smiling. They have like a rictus grin. Even some of the Plague Marines are smiling underneath their masks one of my favorite models is the uh the uh blightlord terminators and that one that has just it's a full face plate and you can't see his eyes but his mouth is showing on the bottom he has this grin from ear to ear across the, that's how you see the death guard they're happy they're joyful and they're spreading the gifts of nurgle and they're so happy to give them to everybody mm -hmm. and your screams are thank yous to them yeah they just want to snurgle you. They just want to yeah. whatever. <laughs> Except for Mortarian. He's, he sees it for what it truly is, unfortunately. No, he wants to snurgle you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he... Mortarian's think... a little angrier. I think Mortarian yeah. and Nurgle have a more complicated love relationship. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of a love-hate. Because if you look at Mortarian versus the other Primarchs who've turned demonic, Mortarian hasn't fully given in to Nurgle just yet. Mm -hmm. Even Typhus has said to him, and this is a straight quote from Typhus, Father, you are not as close to me as the Plague Father as I am. If you could 
just accept Nurgle into your soul fully, you and I may be able to reconcile our differences. But until that day comes, we shall not. What do you think would happen if he did? I think Mortarin would turn into some kind of large, grotesque, bloated monstrosity. No! Well, I mean, look, look, look. If you look at all the other demon princes Grand of, of Nurgle, with wings? well, yeah, he would be. He, I think he would be a slightly smaller Grand and Clean one with gigantic moth wings and more of a bug aspect. Because mm. look like at the a other. Slug? <laughs> well, look at the other Primarchs. You have Angron. He looks like a bloodthirster. He's a straight up bloodthirster. Mm. Fulgrim. He's taken on the form of the Lair, which when they worship Slanesh, they had the snake body and the forearms. Perturabo. If 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 the if the internet is true, if we know anything about that, then he's a giant obliterator. Mm -hmm. Lorgar just looks demonic in his regular plate, with some other bits and pieces mutated onto him. But Mortarian, he hasn't changed. There's nothing. The only thing that's changed about Mortarian is he's bigger. His mouth grill is fused to his face entirely, and he has some boils here and there on his skin. And he has those gigantic wings. But if you look at him, he looks no different than he did during the Horus Heresy. And it's because he has not given in to Nurgle. So Nurgle hasn't fully given him those gifts. Because mm. he never wanted to be a demon prince. Even though when he did turn and he did give in and he smiled about all the powers that he got, he still resents the fact that he has to do this. He is a worshiper of chaos. He is a psyker, which he hates above all, so he still has that resentment even towards Chaos now and Nurgle, mm -hmm. which is kind of sad because I wish he would just, like, you know, accept it. You want him to let go. I want to see a truly just rotten-looking Mortarian, just something abominable, just his entire bottom face melted off to show, like, the skeleton jaw and one side of his arm just withered where the other side would be just like bloated just like all the things that encompass nurgle in him i want to see a really cool demon prince but i know the belly mouth you gotta have the belly mouth oh yeah <laughs> yeah he talks from the belly mouth he can no longer use his like bone <laughs> face he just speaks from the belly which speaks like from the belly. It, it would make sense and it does make sense the way he is now because he hasn't given in yet imagine what angron and the rest of them would look like if they didn't fully give in but they just went with his moth end. wings turned into butterfly wings? I think instead of just having a pair, it would burst open into a, a gigantic double set of, like, you know, like, yeah. like an actual butterfly. Because those yeah. wings kind of look like, like, I don't want to sound rude to Mortarian because I love the model, but they seem like kind of half wings. Oh. Not, not in the design, but just, it's... They don't look like I mean? you could actually fly with them. Like, Magnus's wings, like, you know... I realize, they like, aerodynamically, like they still can't fly. But they just, like, there's some oomph to them. Like, yeah. Angron's wings look like they could provide some lift. Whereas, like, Mortarian's... They don't. Like, Mortarian is yeah. flying because of magic. Yeah, that's what I feel like. He's mm -hmm. not flying because of the wings, because... There's no structure to them? Like, they're just... No, not really. Like, and in the lore, I've heard him use his wings more for powers. Like, he flaps his wings to activate gusts of, uh... What is it? the Nur uh, plague wind or Nurgle's rot and blows it at the enemy. So yeah, that's what I, that's how I see it. He's definitely using more like flotation magic than the rest of them. Mm. Even even uh, Fulgrim. Fulgrim has a beautiful, beautiful set of giant bat wings. Well, now that we have a Fulgrim model that's, you know, 
Maybe it isn't 42 yet. Asterisk. But we, do we really? With, let's with open, 15 that, let's open that can of worms for a minute. Oh, I've already opened it, and I've already... Just, listen, I, listen. Every time I see... Oh, I know. I know. I can imagine how you feel. Yeah. They were very clear to, like, not for 40k. I was like, I will use it in 40k somehow. I'll find a place. When I, when I read that, I was like, that is the biggest kick in the teeth you have done yet. Just, is it, though? I mean, you, you know, okay, you know what though? If they're going to release a forty, because a forty k fulgrim should look different. Yes. Like ten thousand years in Slanesh's realm, you know, like the new weapons, new gear, as they all do. Yeah, well, like really, like is that fulgrim? Is he an actual demon prince? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's full on demon prince size, but but it, no, um, but even like the the heresy is a smaller scale, slightly. Like, you know, the vehicles aren't, but scale. like. Yeah, the like, because it's the like original stubby marines, right? Yeah, uh, the good old stubbies. So like, you know, Fulgrim would be like the Fulgrim in 30k would be scaled to that size. Mm -hmm. mm. Whereas like, I would imagine a, a 40k Fulgrim would be closer to Magnus, maybe. Yeah, and I do like that. There's like there may be even weapon changes because he has that spear and those couple swords where. Like maybe in the new version he'll have some kind of new crazy Slanesh weapon that he'll be wielding. Like and they well, Lucius has the Lair Blade at this point. Yes, he does. So was like, it um like uh, Angron had what was it? Originally had Gorefather and Gorechild. Then they made him a gigantic black blade with like god runes etched into it, which got smashed at one point, and now he's got those two new weapons that he has. So you're probably right. They would definitely have to make a new model with new gear, new weapons, new everything for him. But how can you make one look better than that model? It looks so nice. Oh, the the face on it is so. He's pretty. Like, he is. Very you know pretty. what? He's one of the only pretty models out there. Yeah. Like like Gulliman wasn't isn't pretty. Uh, the lion is not pretty. But that even, Fulgrim model even is like, pretty. Even like human Fulgrim is not pretty. He's like. <laughs> yeah, he's a little too like, uh, yeah, a little it's too. It's like angular. they took Angron's face and slapped <laughs> it on Fulgrim's face for the models. Like there, that works. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but yeah, for Mort Mortarian, just like yeah, I'd like I would have liked to see him just fully dive into chaos and get some kind of really cool Nurgle-looking model. But you know Come what? On, right How on. Mortarian yes. is it? To spend ten thousand years being like, nah, I'm not gonna succumb. Yeah, out exactly. Of spite. Like that's a yeah. very Mortarian move to just be like, Completely. I'll be a demon prince, but I won't be your demon prince. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be a demon prince. I ain't gonna listen to you though. Why not? I didn't listen to my dad. I ain't gonna listen to you. <laughs> my daddy issues run deep. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I do wonder what would have happened if the emperor had actually let him make that kill. Like, he didn't have to step in and kill the overlord of Barbarus. He could have captured him, brought him down to the bottom of the planet, and let Mortarian do it. Yeah, but if he's not going to let Angron have that, why is he going to let... Angron was... But Angron was so much worse. There was no rhyme or reason to what he did to Angron. Like, Mortarian, like, there... I understand why the Emperor did it. He could have done it differently. But Angron was just... That was just an F you to Angron entirely. Because he could have done so much more in that situation. Whereas in this situation, um, Pertur uh, sorry, Pertraba. 
Mor Mortarian had made his way to the highest peak of Barbarus where the his his original father was at the top of, to the point where the gases, because um, Barbarus is just covered in this like gassy mist. It's mm -hmm. very toxic, it's caustic, it burns the lungs, it actually eats through armor. And the higher you go up into the mountains, the thicker and more deadly and caustic it becomes. Mm -hmm. So at some point he had fashioned a brand new suit of armor that could filter out these things. But even at a certain point, his armor started to fail. And by the time he got to the actual palace where his stepfather was living, he was just like crawling on the ground because his respirator was melted. He's breathing in the toxins. He's starting to just like lose consciousness. And the overlord's cackling and laughing. And just as he's about to kill Mortarian, the emperor steps in and goes, gotcha, and kills him. And the last thing Mortarian said to his father before he lost consciousness was, I will never forgive you for this. And then passed you know And then I, the Emperor saved him. You know him. what? Uh, the Emperor wouldn't let him kill his stepfather. Because mm. once you let somebody kill one father, they're going to want... They're a, they're capable of killing another. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, of course. So I think it was a bit of a, like, I, you know... I will deny you this so that it will always be denied. And I mean, it didn't work, but the emperor no. also doesn't make good choices. Generally, <laughs> he makes terrible choices. I mean, if there's, if there's like, I'm sorry, I keep going back to Angron. If there is a calling card for the emperor of bad choices, you just look at that situation and go there, there you go. That right there, that encompasses the emperor's thought process on decisions. Does he make any good decisions? No, no, no. no. <laughs> really none like even but making the primarchy was a bad idea yeah like what is this whole emperor protects but what is he protecting well he's supposed so, to protect okay. humanity but yeah but he like he doesn't protect humans he protects humanity yeah. the emperor does not care about humans mm -hmm. he cares about the species it's um, the idea the emperor okay. is based off of um if you've read any of the dune novels like the Leto the second who's the god emperor of dune who is his only concern becomes the survival of humanity and like he is willing to dump billions of lives in order to save the species and like that yep. is what the emperor is like very much rooted in is that like god emperor that is there to protect humanity but like individual lives even mass individual lives yeah. are meaningless to the emperor well like 10,000 psychers are to keep him alive every day isn't it? And that's like meaningless yeah. to him. Like he yeah. doesn't care. The me the means fit. What, what's the what's the phrase? The um. The ends justify the means. Yeah, the ends justify the means. Like he he has no problem with any decision that kills billions upon billions of people, as long as the end result is humanity will survive a little bit longer. That's mm -hmm. the only thing he ever cares about. I think earlier on in the crusade, he had a different point of view, but like laura said even then and, i don't know well i think when he when he, when he made the primarchs because his original idea of what like he wanted to take humanity go out into the stars and claim the milky way galaxy he had the right idea to reunite all the colonies and bring humanity back into the fold but when he made the primarchs and made that deal with chaos i believe he was tainted something happened because there's a theory out there that all the Primarchs encompass some form of uh, emotion or um, spiritual belief or something of the Emperor. Like Lorgar is his religious belief. Korax is his uh, 
well, not maybe not Korax, but Angron is his, is his anger. Rabute Gilliman is his logic and uh, problem solving. The lion is his secretiveness. They all, um, Sanguinius was his love. And that's why they believe that when the when Sanguinius was killed, the Emperor got that love back and why he couldn't kill Horus in those moments. They believe mm. that, um, some people believe that every one of the Primarchs, he put something of himself into them and then he just became this cold, stone-like individual that, like you said, uh, the means justify the end. Like, I don't care whatever happens, as long as humanity keeps going, we're going to keep going down this path. Mm -hmm. So when when this Primarch dies, he gets that back? I That's what I think. I mean, I believe that theory, because the Emperor was able to, like, if you believe some of the theories in the lore, he was able to make the decision for killing two of his sons and two legions entirely. He had no problem sending the wolves to go get Magnus and bring him back to Terra to answer for his crimes. Could have been imprisoned, could have been death sentence, we don't know. But when it came to Horus, after Sanguinius died, the Emperor couldn't find it in himself to kill Horus because he loved him. And he'd already told several other Primarchs that, you're, I don't look at you as sons, you are tools. Mm -hmm. You are a means to an end. You are an end goal. That's what you are to me. I think he even. I think he said that to Korax. Like you're like you're not my son. You are a weapon. Ouch. Yeah. But then you look at Horus. Now it could be because Horus was the first one they found. But I believe that when Sanguinius died, the Emperor got back those emotions, and then he couldn't kill Horus because deep down, I think the Emperor realized that if I want to be able to take the entire galaxy back for humanity. I have to delete all humanity from myself so I can accomplish those goals. Because if I let any of my emotions block my thought process and path, I'm going to slip up. Mm -hmm. That's like what I believe. So he did so that. he purged himself of all emotions so he could slip up every time instead. <laughs> yep. When you have no emotions, you're realizing it's not exactly the greatest thing. You just mess up even more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pull creep. my son from the planet before everything's killed. This is a good idea. Are you sure about that? No, it's a great idea because I said it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could have a whole episode about the Emperor, I think, and it would be I uh, think we should. Yeah. Ooh. That's, wow. uh, that's, yeah. I like that. That sounds That sounds. You sad. know what? I think like we some... would need to do the Loyalist Primarchs first. I feel like we yeah. would need to talk yeah. through them. Because you got to get all the daddy issues on the table before you <laughs> talk about uh, the Emperor. Yeah. Air, arrow all the laundry before you go to the laundry yeah. mat. <laughs> Um, all right, so that was Mortarian. Now, we do have a bonus. Do we want to mm -hmm. get into the bonus? Or do we want to make that into the... I don't know, do we? We've been talking about for an hour, or do we want to make that into, like, its own episode? I'm just saying... Like, I him would and, love, like, I would maybe other back. champions? Oh, the other champions, yes. I or mean, other... that's, that's a limitless content five, now. There are five champions, Wait, five? Technically Wait, five, are... yes. Well, te technically, like you got the four of the champions of the gods, and you got the main guy, but then you have all those like offshoot. <laughs> People moves. listening are like, "What are they talking about?" <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. We are talking about yeah, like Lucius the, is the, the champion of Slanesh, and the like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got Lucius, champion of Slanesh, Typhus, champion of Nurgle. Uh, 
I don't I think we save it because this was the, the heretic Primarchs and Fair. Perhaps he yeah. needs one on his own because I think he I think we would be here for another half an hour talking about him. Oh Lucius? Hell yeah. No. Who? Our bonus. Our bonus yeah. is going oh, to be yes. Our bonus the War be... Master. Abaddon. <laughs> Abaddon the War Master. You know what? Okay, yeah, maybe we can set a little bit of talk because, like, if we talk about thirty k Avadon, Avadon's actually a bit of a like wiener. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, like, is... I would tell me like how he was found and he had like his top knot was down. It was all scraggly, scraggly, mismatched armor. It's like he just comes out. Stop breaking the servo skulls on my ship. <laughs> what does he do? First thing, he brings him to the room and goes, "Here, what's this? It's alcohol. I made it." You're making alcohol? Yeah, I threw some demons in a vat and distilled them. That's pretty good. <laughs> the only one who likes it is the world eater among them. Like, this is pretty good stuff. An actual demon. Yeah. He, like, here. Well, in, in, in the moment he was telling them, he took um, discharge from the fuel cells of his ship. There was some uh, old, like, uh, what was it? ectoplasmum from the engines that he was taking and distilling through some stuff he had bound demons to a barrel and burnt them down into a sludge that he was now filtering and bringing this all together boiling it filtering it out and just made this like blue glowing alcohol that to the um what was it um to azak araman no not azak araman it was uh Iskandar, he's like, this is like filth. But Lahaeor is drinking like, this is the best stuff I've ever had. Oh my <laughs> god. Just stand there doing <laughs> shots with Abaddon while having a conversation with Telemac on the other guy going, is, is, is he serious? Are, are we still going to take the ship? Oh yeah, that's right. We came to take your ship. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be like a recipe book. <laughs> I think he does make the recipe. He does. Oh. Uh. Alright, well, you know what? You've convinced me. We'll leave Abaddon. Abaddon and Friends. <laughs> yep, yeah. Abaddon and Friends. Uh, another episode. Because, y- you know what, friends. Abaddon... Because Abaddon in 40k, after being, you know, humiliated for 12 Crusades, uh, Arcs of Omen, I think, really redeemed him. Oh, see, now, see I, I'm on a different page where I don't think he was hum- that humiliated. I think he actually accomplished a lot more than people think in a lot of those 12 Crusades. No, no, but that's what I mean. I Like, the Arcs mm. of Omen re- made those 12 Crusades make sense. Oh, they, they, yes. They yes, provided right. a lot of context as to, like, you know, Abaddon maybe he did have it. a plan the whole time, and, like, he wasn't just running back to the Eye of Terror. He was, like, lulling like, he the was Imperium a, into complacency. He was accomplishing goals as he was going. Yeah. No, Abaddon was playing, uh, you know, five-dimensional chess, and Cadia was not. So, Abaddon was playing the Long War. Ooh, Ooh <laughs> like a veteran. Yep, like a veteran um, of the Long War. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? I think Abaddon definitely deserves a little bit of a, and also, you know what? I think it's finally gotten a bit of a. His new model is wicked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's gotten some love. And considering he his has. love, you actually just finished his model, didn't you? Or you you did the? I did. I finally um yes. I finally found the right colors, and I did finish Abaddon. Made him look a Ooh. little bit, polish him up. Fabaddon, okay. the despoiler of gender. That's it. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> see it. It's on my my Insta pics on the on the gram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was ever a model that needed a makeover, it was the old Abaddon. <laughs> I was in pain when we had to use that thing through Eighth Edition. I don't think I even put it on the table because of that. 
that well the old Abaddon was on the same level as like old Gazgol, just like yeah silly it was silly hammer remnants oh. it was like someone i remember someone telling me like why don't you use Abaddon? you get an extra cp and you get this like no i don't care my model's <laughs> trash i don't care i'd rather i'd rather lose than use that model and now he's hilarious on his big burly base he's so hard to like get away from it's funny yeah so yeah um he, he got his rightful uh place as war master Mostly because nobody else wanted it, but... Oh, yeah, I know. Well, there was Which, actually, one you know what? Yeah? I was going to say, with Fulgrim coming back, you'll have the four Monogod Primarchs back. Mm. I wonder if they'll let Abaddon keep the Warmaster title. Because part of the Arcs of Omen is also that, like, um, Fulgrim gets annoyed at Abaddon for all of the, like, everything he's up to. That is very true. Do you think Abaddon will get dethroned? You know what? Because, like, he's Warmaster only because none of the Primarchs want it. Yeah. Well, he was. he's also made demonic packs with them. I don't know if he's made one with Fulgrim, but I know he's made a pact with Mortarion, Angron, and uh, Magnus. But that's just that. it, if Fulgrim wants it. But you know what? I think the only thing stopping Fulgrim is what's in Abaddon's hand. That sword. Drachnian. Yeah, that sword is just like the Emperor's sword. It cuts through something, it's gone. Yeah, but they're not going to bring Fulgrim back and then kill him. <laughs> that, that's very true. That is very true. Banished. <laughs> oh, what do you no, mean banished? But more so like a little bit of drama, I think, is what... Because Fulgrim's all about that drama. Yeah. Oh, he and I can see that it. being a little bit of like, you know... I can see Fulgrim getting the other pro demon Primarchs to like maybe rebel against Abaddon. Because Abaddon mm. also doesn't like the Chaos Gods. Mm. No, whereas like all of the, like all especially the the four monogod ones like they are other than mortarian maybe um are quite enthralled to their respective gods at this point mm -hmm. yeah so like i can see you know fulgrim coming out to like push abaddon maybe into actually succumbing to the gods because that's also part of it is abaddon hasn't like won't actually commit to any of the chaos gods at all yeah well, he, yeah, he has their favor out of like position not out of like they um, love him and they hate him the chaos gods yeah. are constantly trying to tempt abaddon but also punish him at the same time for not just following what yeah that's what that's <laughs> it's literally like they're playing a game around him and abaddon is like as far as i'm concerned abaddon is winning the game he's winning yeah. against for everybody now, though. well He's he has he's not taken any of their gifts. The only gift he's he's taken was Drachnian, and they bestowed their marks upon him. But mm -hmm. he's never actually like asked for them. They're like, here, here, take this. It's like imagine <laughs> he's he's the wallflower, and all the chaos gods are there with their suits holding flowers. He's just like, nah. And sometimes he goes, takes all the flowers, and they're like, well, you can't do that. Yeah, I can. Why not? <laughs> what you gonna do about it? But then, but then now you have Fulgrim. Yeah. In the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Abaddon's like, who loves me more? Hmm? <laughs> it just True. turns into it just turns into a giant pissing contest for the gods of which one gets to have Abaddon. He's sitting there going, nah. <laughs> well, and I can even see like him working with Vashtor is also just to destabilize the chaos gods to like mm. create oh, yeah. more conflict. I think they had a conversation, and one of the things that Abaddon really liked about Vashtor was he's like. I spit on the gods. He's like, ooh, I like you. <laughs> <laughs>
He's not Fabius Bile level, like, still an atheist. He at least acknowledges the Chaos Gods. Yeah, he'll acknowledge them. That is one of my favorite stories about Fabius Bile is that he met Slanesh and was just like, gods still aren't real, though. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not real. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, you're just an entity. You're a warp entity. You're not a a god. Yeah, you're just stuff. (laughs) Slanesh is just like, what? (laughs) I was burned! (laughs) <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, say something else. I love Fabius. Yeah, oh, Fabius is that. That should be an episode. In well, we well, right we there. should add him in the Abaddon. Him, Lucius. He's, he's the champion of atheism. That's his. <laughs> that's his role in 40k. Yeah, you got champion of atheism, champion of chaos, champion of the four chaos gods, champion of taking Abaddon down. <laughs> Here, here on Blackheart, just for everyone out there who knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. All right. There we go. All right. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts? We finally concluded after three episodes, Laura. I know. Our, our one part became a two part, became a three part. <laughs> and now it's going to be a four part, and then a five part, and then a six part. I'm never going no, away. No, no, that'll be, that'll be a different series. Fair. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll, uh, the Champions of Chaos, I think, would be fun. And I, you know mm. what? You might not be a loyalist lover, but I feel like that'll make you better at critically analyzing them. Why they're yeah. all silly, silly gooses. Oh yeah, everyone. Well, a lot of people think the chaos wor- the chaos worshippers are just a bunch of silly gooses. But then you, when you dive into them, like the they they they're onions. They got some thick layers. They got lots of layers to them. Karn especially. I can't wait to talk about him. Mm. The Chaos Space Marines are the ones that look at the Imperium and they're like, hey, this is messed up. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Yes. Like, they, like... That's what I tell because... everybody when they ask me why I play Chaos. Like, it's freedom. They get to do whatever yeah. they want. They get to make their own choices. There's no one that's ruling them. They are their own masters. That's why I choose them. It's true freedom. What, you want to be part of a dogmatic religion that mm-hmm. hates you for, like, not worshipping them, not listening to them, or just thinking anything outside the realm of what their circular thought is? And it's just propaganda everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you don't We're like propaganda? About servo skulls. <laughs> the servo skulls are criminals that have been lobotomized, um, but the definition of a crime in the Imperium is pretty, uh, pretty broad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very broad. Sometimes the the crime is just being alive in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, especially uh, when the Inquisition's around. Well, and, you know, the like you know any of the interactions between like Chaos Space Marines when they meet like the Black Templars or something, and they're just like, "You guys are not okay." Like what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah. to the, like like yeah. especially like because you what know is Chaos Space Marine like. You know they don't experience time in the same way. So you got ones that are like it's only they only think it's been like a couple hundred years since the heresy, and they yep. come out with some black templars just like losing their mind in tongues, and they're just <laughs> like, "Whoa, where am <laughs> yeah. I?" Like I remember that there was that one dude. He's like eating the brain of a templar, sees all the images, and they're like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "How long have we been gone? Oh my god." <laughs> They're like, I might have hung out with some chaos gods, but like, I'm not that into it. Like, what? What are you guys doing? Like, uh, we thought the Imperium was secular. Like, what are? What is happening? Us worshippers of chaos? What the (laughs) hell is that? (laughs) Like the most chaos (laughs) space reads think like the word bearers are weird for worshiping the chaos gods, (laughs) and like 
most of them have fallen to them and they're still just like those guys are weird and they see like imperial space marines and they're just like no that's that's not okay oh, yeah. they come out and see a black templar dreadnought with a, 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 an imperial soldier and an orc in each hand spinning them around going praise be the emperor praise be the emperor and they're just like can we go back in the warp like this is no no can we just this, this is messed up i don't feel safe here these people are not a, like and this... these are the good guys yeah i don't i don't want to kill crazy people i was like can we just like does it feel fair what happened to you guys i will slay you i will destroy you in the name of the emperor i i just want to talk that's all i want to do can we have a discussion i was just here for like some sandwiches man like i just haven't eaten in like 500 years like the emperor's children come out of the warp in their ships they're just the sandwich on the on the deck just like Hmm. Just like, you know, you think like the Emperor's children come out of like Slanesh's realm and they're just like, they're, they're the crazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like they looking at like back, the Ultramarines yeah. and they're just like, they're not okay. <laughs> yeah, they come back through the warp like, you guys were, weren't were gone long. No, no, no. Mm. <laughs> Where's the flesh pits? I need to relax. Yeah. Right. I need a spa day. Yeah. I need to go need somewhere sane. <laughs> 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 all right well on all that right. fun note talking about flesh pits uh yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us glad to be to here subscribe. as always yes and thank you uh to blood god for your mm. amazing insight thank into you, you. all of the primarchs i'd even say more just zany crazy off the wall tangents but they're amazing i love it <laughs> this has been great and this i really the... like doing this with you guys this is just well, laura thank you for having me on the show Kaylee, thank you for having me on the show. Like, I I love doing this with you. It's great. We love having you on. It's so yeah, much fun. Yeah, you're a you're a chaos divided regular now. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, oh actually... we need a zinch. Uh, Nurgle, Slanesh, Corn. Just need a zinch. No, Magnus Outro. is wrong. We're we're okay. We're okay. 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 <laughs> Magnus is still a loyalist. Deep I'll, down, I'll Magnus stick with is the still a loyalist, okay. right? <laughs> He had his opportunity to kill the emperor and he didn't. What what heretic doesn't kill the emperor when presented with the option? Right? Not a good one. I just see him going back and then Fogum slapping him back. It's like, what is wrong with you? You had the opportunity, you didn't take it. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm gonna go read a book. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, Magnus. Yeah. Yep. I think we're okay without a Zincha. A Zincha. <laughs> Zinchers are weird. They're just, they're just weird. Garrow can be Zinch. Yeah, Garrow's He's... Zinch. Um, yeah. And uh, to our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to Chaos Divided, both here and on Instagram and YouTube at Chaos Divided 40K. And you can find us both on social media. I guess all three of us. Mm-hmm. You really want to get... What is your, your handle, Blood God? Oh, don't look me up. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> at Team Blood God on Instagram. There we go. And at Nurgle underscore Snurgle and at Blushing Noise Marine. And until next time, bye bye. See ya. See ya.